That's Not. what we're here for. Crushing people's dreams. <laughs> it's about the pyramids. Sorry, those were way before the Israelites. <laughs> Well, 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 welcome to Between Sundays. I am Tyler, and like the founders of Pitham and Ramses, I'm in desperate need of a rescue. Lucky for me, God remembers his promises. So we are going to talk with Barry about Egyptian slavery, God's long-term memory, and Barry's idea of party small talk. But before we part the Red Sea and get the heck out of Egypt, let's welcome in our favorite co-hosts, making my life bitter and ruthless in all their demands... Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good, Good day to you. Yeah. Where are my bricks? I thought you were making me bricks. Nope. Not me. <laughs> not me. I'm the guy with... Marin, we got to talk about this right away. What? All right, what is it? Oh. <laughs> the reason I'm not making bricks... Yeah. The reason you injured yourself making bricks for me. Is yeah. because Marin's back injury <laughs> has, through osmosis... That's how it works. ...put itself in my body, and now I have been injured... For a good five days. It sounds rough. I haven't heard like face to face. I haven't talked to you about this. Oh, so man. tell yeah. me. It, it right. happened when you were picking up Milo. Yep. So uh, I get out of bed like I do. As, like one, one, as does. one does. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, do my normal back stretches. My morning routine. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was kind of sore when I woke up. So I started stretching. In the morning, and then I went to go pick up my son because we have time to go. And he was upstairs; he needed to be downstairs. Mm-mm. Pick him up, and dropped to my knees in pain, and I could not get up. And were I, you hunched over a crib? This no, is the part he was he, he was on the floor, and so I went to go pick him up, but I just couldn't. And then I dropped to my knees. Mm. Was he freaked out? Did he yeah, think you were playing? Scared. No, he got scared because I, I, I've never had the feeling where like an audible gasp has come out because of so much pain and that Uh, happened and so he started getting upset and I was on the floor and I was like Lauren and she was getting mad at me for just not (laughs) not telling her what was the deal I was like come here she's like what you know (laughs) I need your help I'm with Lauren on that (laughs) if you're gonna yell across the house especially if you're gonna do so with exclamation please follow it with some sort of like brief explanation of why you are yelling (laughs) Lauren hang on let me send you a text (laughs) It'd be easier if I could just email this to you, but I'm in pain. I need your help. Yeah, so that was Wednesday. And guys, I basically have not left the house until Jeez. church Wow, on Sunday. I'm surprised you made it to church. Yeah, and it feels better than it did, but holy moly. Wow. So is this a lower back thing? It's a lower back thing. Okay, um, and it's... It, it seems like it's nerves. I've been to the doctor and chiropractor and they think there's like nerve damage or something. Yikes. Not real sure. Kind of came out of nowhere, but. Yeah, it always comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Maren's the expert. <laughs> she told me to go get these like electro nodes. Electro. <laughs> electro <laughs> nodes. My mother-in-law gave me a TENS unit because my father-in-law used the TENS unit. Yeah. And it helped him a lot. I got so one right here. He gave one to me. Okay. What is a TENS unit? I've never heard of that before. Do you remember when a few pods ago I was I'm like. scared. I was <laughs> I was zapping myself in yes. the back with those yeah, little yeah. electro pad things. That's, yeah. that. That's a tens unit. That's what he's got. What does tens unit mean? Don't I don't know. Well, I don't know. I like to understand why we call things things. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You I very don't know. Much do. I know that there's 15 levels on this thing, and I'm on currently. I'm on a level level 11. So you're currently being electrocuted yeah, right feels now. Feels good. Or you because... are currently oh. being electrocuted. Oh. oh. Alternating <laughs> current. Oh man! Enough about me. No, never enough. So, How, like, are you, are you going to get better? I don't know. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the plan is to get better. Well, I don't know what to do. Like, I went to the doctor. They yeah. gave me medicine. I've used all that. And it's not better. I went to the chiropractor. I've gone twice. And it's not better. And so... This is just the way it is so for the then, rest of us. No, 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 no. We've discussed this. Mid-30s, man. The next steps man. would be uh, MRI. You have not had an MRI. Yeah. You know what it is. I know enough physical people who therapy. have had, gone the like surgery route that... Uh, Try physical therapy not a good first idea. If, it's a, if it's an option for you. Yeah, I, I, that's my next step, I think, is to call the doctor back and say, who do you got? Mm-hmm. I need a specialist. I, I know what you want. You probably want friends of the pod all to email you yes, their idea you for what to do next. Yes. Yep. I need I've as yeah. much unsolicited advice as possible. Actually, that would be welcomed because it got <laughs> so bad, guys, that I found myself 
Sunday afternoon, laying on my back and my wife holding a crystal above my eyebrows, nope. telling me I was unbalanced. No. You're joking. No, I'm not Just joking. <laughs> Lauren, it's not real. Crystals aren't real. <laughs> I don't know if it was a true crystal. It was definitely a necklace. And she was like, yeah, you're I something. You. We're going to get you Something's in a hope happening. room. We're going to pray for you. Yeah, we that's go. what we got to do. There we go. That's the real crystal. There so that's what's happening. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know yeah. firsthand how completely helpless one can feel. And yeah. I mean, when I hurt my back, my kids were older. I can't imagine having a little one and, and not being able yeah, to Yeah, that's the rough part is like, he, he was sick a couple like last week I said there's no stopping when you don't feel well because he's mm. just going now he's walking around running around he actually fell down the stairs the other day so like he's oh, he's gosh. all over the place yeah, yeah and he just learned to walk about 11 minutes oh ago and he's walking faster than I can right now and it's really frustrating You're hobbling behind yeah. him oh my yeah. goodness is this yeah. is this because we all sit all day. Yes, I was just saying this because maybe after, like if we were farmers yeah. again, if we were farmers, which I think we all should be farmers, then we probably yeah. never have back problems. That's not true. <laughs> There's no that, way that's, that's true. So can't be true. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was just talking to Tyler about this before you walked in the room because yeah. after my most recent back injury, the thought has really been like, okay, well, how can I prevent this from happening? I know people who are twice my age, three times my age mm-hmm. that don't have the repeated issues that I have with my back. So what am I doing wrong? How can I correct it? Like physical therapy, how can I work on strengthening areas that are weak Mm -hmm. and not just continuing to overdevelop the areas that Mm -hmm. are already strong or whatever. Um, And one of the things that I, that I kind of came across was that it was that we, we, many of us have weaker hips because we sit all the time. Yeah. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. Beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Barry. Stepped right on you. Great talk. Uh, seriously, what's going on with you guys? What's new? What would you guys do this weekend? I, I've missed so much because I've been there, laying and there was so much my to miss. This yeah. was quite a weekend. Yeah. Well, to be laid I didn't up. make it to church. Yeah. So I North was Indy. there, but where were you at? I was in North Indy and I got to tell you guys something pretty cool is happening down there. Yeah. North, I the heard, North part of I heard that it was electric it in was there. It's pretty electric. great. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> I wish I could have moved to enjoy the experience. Just, Tap your yeah, hand on just, your hip. I was just like patting my hip, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just gently pat, tapping along with the music. Yeah, just tap, 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 but, tap uh, tap-a-roo. Yeah, it was great. Uh, the worship was amazing. It, the sermon was amazing. Thanks. Um, nice job, Barry. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Great, great experience. Uh, well, I'll let North you talk Indy. about Friday night, what happened on Friday night, since yeah, you were I hear way all more integral it. than I, me. I just showed up, but for a bit. Uh I don't know. I preach back to back. It's yep. the second time I've done that now. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, how'd that go? Like, how are you feeling today? Fine. The sermon came together a lot faster mm-hmm. than I expected because I'd been doing all the work before, like, like weeks ago I was working on outlines and research and stuff. So it didn't, I didn't have to like cram all of that into one week. Yeah. But, um, it, it, it always ends up being, if you're preaching it, like we've said it before, it just mm-hmm. becomes such a a big part of your week that it's hard to think of like, what else happened this week? Yeah. There's gotta have been other things. I just, yeah, that was pretty much it. So do you find yourself more tired doing the two weekends in a row thing or is it, uh, uh you don't actually, really think I don't about know. It? I don't know. I'm not, I'm I was more tired like last Monday and, okay. and exhausted and emotionally exhausted than I am today. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe if I did it three times yeah, in a row, I'd, feel I'd be feeling better, better than ever. Yeah. Let's find out. Uh, did you break a record for um, most fun facts oh, per yeah. church app? Uh, this might, it would have been up there with, as far as number, uh, the depth of them and the length yeah. of them was definitely <laughs> the highest yeah. for sure. I couldn't help myself. Good probably, news, dear listener. They're still there. Go on are, the yeah. app. And if you have not already read the gajillion fun yeah. facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, it didn't need to say what I said about the pyramids and I'm sure somebody got really crushed by that because they had been told that the, the Israelites built the pyramids. Nope. That's what we're here for. Crushing people's dreams (laughs) about the pyramids. Sorry. Those were way before the Israelites. (laughs) So anyway, you said, you said that was a fun fact to throw around at parties and that only made me wonder what kind of parties are you going to, (laughs) if that's the kind of thing you (laughs) throw your weight around behind. The fun fact that you can throw around at parties is that the, the pyramids, the Egyptian pyramids are as, were as ancient to the Romans as, as the Romans are. are to us. That, so fun. What? That, does there, <laughs> do you have a that's neat one on there? Yeah, yeah. But, hang on, hang on. Yeah, it's neat. 
That is exactly it. Thank you. Yeah. That is what it is. It's very neat. Yeah. That's the parties that I go to. I don't go to a lot of parties. <laughs> Maybe this is why. <laughs> like, don't bring the guy who talks about the pyramids again. Uh, guys, did you know uh, that uh, that's a, a common misconception? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we haven't oh, heard man. that voice Nerd in a while. Nerd voice Barry. is making yeah, a comeback. Back. Thank yeah. you for bringing You're it welcome. back. You're welcome. I have missed it. Anytime. <laughs> um, Marin, how are you? I'm great. Yeah? Yeah. How are you not exhausted? How are you not like crawling in on I your hands and knees? Every they Monday. that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, y'all. You feel just renewed. told us that you're going to be here basically till 11 p.m. tonight. I feel renewed. <laughs> oh, you got, you got Mary Poppins, huh? I do. More singing, more dancing. Yeah. Okay, so take us through your week last week, starting on... <laughs> <laughs> you do on, not want me to take you no, through no, no. Just, just the we'll Friday part. Just the Friday part. Yeah. I'll take you from Monday, smash cut, yeah. as Tyler Bender Monday, says. Monday, you get out of bed like you do. Smash cut Friday. <laughs> you're at a like Latin, one does. Latin, what was it? A okay. Latin American. I left here on Monday and I had to miss Mary, Mary Poppins rehearsal, but yeah. I, I left here and I went straight to a vocals rehearsal for our first uh, Spanish worship night, which was awesome. I knew that... Uh, whoever was involved on the vocalist team, that would be um, myself, uh, a, a person I had not met before named Jose Felix. Um, Abraham was, Abraham's a keyboard player here at the 146 mm. campus, but he was going to try out his hand at singing too, which was super exciting. And then his mother, Jahadia, and we were all meeting at Abraham's house to have just this like living room vocals rehearsal. Yeah. But what I did not know is that there would be handmade arepas Ooh, what is this? for what is my that? consumption. That's like a specialty for Venezuela. Yes. Oh. Arepas. They're like a cornmeal little pitas almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe I've had one. You have when the, remember when the Venezuelan food truck came yes, here? Yes, of course. Yes. I yes. had that. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. So that Delicious. I, yeah. Oh, they were amazing. They were Man. amazing. It was like arepas were like the little like cakey thing that Barry just described, but then... Um, fried bologna some sort of coleslaw which is funny because we just talked about bologna like right after the pod last week when we, we hit it. and then i went like 20 minutes later i was eating bologna at someone's house it was, yeah it was awesome who knew <laughs> who could have predicted avocado uh some like eggs with cheese in it it i i went home and described it to my husband mm-hmm. it was like the best breakfast sandwich i ever had Wow. Ever had. That's and now great. I can't stop thinking about them. And uh, I just, I only do want more. You have the recipe. Um, I don't, but you know, I was in the living room, like singing and, and having the rehearsal, mm-hmm. um, while Abraham's beautiful wife is in the kitchen, like making these things. And I love cooking. Like, so I felt very torn. I'm doing what I'm here to do, yeah. but I really just, really just so badly, really, really want to be in the kitchen right <laughs> yeah. now. Um, so there finally came a point where I could kind of break away and she yeah. showed me how to shape them oh. and was teaching me how to make them. And it That's was cool. so awesome. Like, she, I live for that kind of experience. It's is, so awesome. Is she aware of your favorite tortillas? Uh, El Milagro? Yeah. Back to episode number one. Yeah. Is she (laughs) familiar? We did talk a lot about how tortillas to my Mexican culture are what arepas are to their Venezuelan Mm -hmm. culture. So they, they, they're not really like the tortilla eating, uh, South American culture. No, No, it's arepas. That's what it is for them. You should uh, introduce them to Tostitos, uh, (laughs) scoops. Tostito scoops. Is that uh, what's prominent Super. in your culture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was sharing, amazing. Sharing cultures back and forth. It's it important. was amazing. I loved it so much. And what, what would our staple be? Bread. I think it's bread. Bread. <laughs> Loaf. Loaf. Oh no. Uh, wait, as America? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the United States. Like, uh, you know, every, every culture, like if you go to Kenya, they've got cornmeal flour. It's like Ugali. Yeah. And, you know, Ukraine's got borscht. Like, Ours would probably be Coca-Cola as just a staple food is just <laughs> sugar, <Yeah>. sugar water. <laughs> I'm thinking right. more like I wouldn't, I guess it depends on what you're asking for. Are you asking for like signature food or are yeah, you asking I, maybe for there signature is no like thing. starch upon which to build like a meal? Like if you had to say most meals in America have this in, in them. Oh, Loaded cheese. potato. Um, partially oh, hydrogenated soybean yes. oil. There you go. Corn. <laughs> yeah. Corn. Yeah. Corn syrup. There it, yeah, is. it is. Yeah. Yes, anyway, we are sorry. Ancient built on corn so syrup. You were having arepas. And, and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. That was, and that, that kicked off my week, which, um, 
they had a rehearsal Thursday for mm. that Spanish worship night, but I was here at 146 this weekend. So I had a rehearsal in South and couldn't be a part of their rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just that, that's just how busy this week was yeah. like needing to be in two places at once, but that's not possible. And so just doing all of that. And then, um, Friday evening came around. I think I got here around five, um, which is a good thing that I did that. Cause, um, there were just some loose ends to tie up, um, putting lyrics on screen and, um, making sure they're in the right order. And that's super hard to do if it's in a language you're not used to. Did so. you learn the songs? Cause last week you were like, I got to learn these songs in yeah. Spanish, a language I don't speak. So you, I, you did. I did. I How'd did. it go? Like she crushed it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At least I, I was only there <laughs> for, for someone like, who can't understand Spanish. She sounded great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess you'd have to ask a Spanish speaking person. She didn't, how I did. she didn't stumble but, over words or wonder what if she was saying the right things and when you're singing the pronunciation isn't really as much of an issue you you were fine i've got some on my phone i could play do it you for seriously you. wow cool wow. Uh, no i think oh, where was i going with this it was such a fun experience for me to not just get like pronunciation correct which is a big part of what that monday night rehearsal was yeah. for jahari mm-hmm. told me you know we'll help you work on your enunciation um but i don't know i think music and language tends to come a little bit easier to musicians just overall, like just because of the way that we can hear things and divide things. So I had like the actual lyrics on paper Mm -hmm. and then I'd put little parentheses around groups of words that kind of ran together very quickly Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't Uh, sing like word, 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 word. I would sing like word, 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 you know, like and and make it into one word. Mm -hmm. Just kind of help me see phonetically how things fit together. Mm -hmm. So that, but then probably the greatest joy for me was I, I didn't just want to be singing words on paper. I wanted to be able to connect with their meaning. Sure. And so doing the translation of phrases that I wasn't familiar with and um, some of the ways that other languages, I, I think I've talked about this before, the ways that other languages are able to, in song, convey some like... Uh, just biblical images or they just say things differently. We sang a song called El Rio de Dios and it was the river of God. And, um, the first line is the roaring of many waters can be heard here. Mm. It's the river of life flowing from God's heart. Mm. What a cool image, you know, I loved, and there was stuff like that in every song that I was like, Oh, like it was just delightful for me to, to do that. That's cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I think about 160 people came. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, there were kids running around everywhere, and uh, just it was really cool. And everybody was just overflowing with gratitude because mm-hmm. they felt like this I was. was. A, well, sure. I mean, absolutely. But the the community, <laughs> yeah. the the Spanish speaking community, I think it was a real gift for them to be able to to sing in their language. And yes. and it was uh yeah, it was cool to see them all worshiping together. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. it's very important that we talk about that one person. Um, which I so appreciate that this person um, asked me this or said this to me. They said, why are we doing a Spanish worship night? It seems counter vision. I thought we wanted to be one church. Why would they go off and and have their own worship night? And I'm so glad like that. Those are the kinds of things we need to talk about. Right. Because then I can help share some things with you. Yeah. Um, It was reiterated again at that worship service by uh, Daniel Brasenio that they do not desire to be a separate congregation from us. That is right. not the intention of this evening. And it was reiterated more than once mm-hmm. it, within the time that we were there together. Um, but like you said, there's a homesickness Yes, and I, I'm from three hours away, but it's a world away yeah. where I come from Chicago, great city. It's a world away from where I live right now. And when my husband and I first moved to Fishers and it was a culture shock for us both, in a lot of ways, this was no longer like a super urban setting and, and mm-hmm. whatever. Now we were kind of living in this kind of bedroom community. Fewer, fewer pigeons. <laughs> Lots of vinyl, <laughs> vinyl everywhere. Even the houses are not old here. They're like new yeah. construction. So yeah. just everything about it was new to us. Well, one day we're going down 116th and we see that construction has broken ground. And there's a sign on this chain link fence that says coming soon, Portillo's. And our hearts leapt within us. Are you kidding me? It was (laughs) the promise of just a little taste of home. Yeah. That 
I mean, the, the, the day they opened their doors, we were in line, you know, <laughs> it, it's just the promise of a little taste of home. And I have to say without over-exaggerating that having things that feel a little bit like home to me helped me feel a little bit more rooted in a community where I had felt kind yeah. of like new and lost, Yeah, just a little taste of home. And so what was a joy for me, they did not need me to sing for them. They could have had you know, their own vocalists, which they have lots of, and they sing amazingly. Oh my yeah. goodness. Jose Felix blew yeah. my mind. I sat across from him in the living room on that couch going, what am I, I doing can't here? even believe <laughs> yeah. what I'm hearing right now. Yeah. And I asked him, did you record before? And he had done professional recording, um, wow. back home before he had come here. And they're incredible musicians, incredible vocalists. They didn't need me, but they invited me. Mm. Yeah. And this is what I've been saying all along we become extensions of one another's culture. We become yeah. ambassadors for one another. We become essentially what is one family when we worship together. Yeah. Um, a year ago, I went to this multicultural worship leaders network. I still have this little notebook that mm -hmm. I carry around all the time. And I keep going back to the notes that I took um, from that, that conference because more now than ever, the notes are just jumping off the page and coming to life like, oh my goodness, Lord, you were preparing us for this a mm. year ago. And now here we are, you know, with this new dynamic that we never could have seen coming, but you're building it. And we just, we want to respond the way you would have us respond. How do we do this? One of the notes that I wrote said, we protest by worshiping together. Mm. We protest we by protest worshiping. what our culture wants us yes, to do. by to worshiping together. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So they invited me and it was an honor yeah. to learn so, six songs in their language. Okay, so take us through the experience because I think we want to do this on a, we're going to explore whether we should be doing this on an ongoing basis. We're going to explore basis. whether we can. Whether right we can. now okay. we have a production staff that is sh shorthanded. Yeah. And so the desire to want to do it is there. Now we kind of have to pray about and explore, can we continue to do this feasibly? Right. Jed? We need more uh, production Amos. volunteers. Whenever I need someone to step up, it's someone from my own family. So yeah. Jaden, you know Desiree. <laughs> Time to step up. Step maybe up. Jed's rooted group. Maybe they can all discover their destiny is yeah. to help with production hey. as part of their. Uh, I wish I could have been there. It sounded great. Barry, you were there. Sounds I there. like I was there for a while. Yeah. And something you were saying all week last week, Marin, was how important it is for not just them to feel part of our community at Grace, but how important it is for Grace to in, enter into their community, Absolutely. dignify them, mm -hmm. their community. So it's a we and our community. Becoming you know, it's not a us family. And, it's not our community and their community. Yeah. It's now like all dignified. So, it's all our community. So uh, one of the things that's just been happening as their community has becoming, been coming to the 11 o'clock service is they've kind of had a section that they sit in together mm -hmm. behind the production booth here at 146th Street. That's just been their sort of section. Mm -hmm. So this weekend I had words with Daniel and I said, all right, Daniel, like we need you guys to move to the front. Like I want your whole community to sit in the center section because they worship more expressively and they're more open to responding to, to things that they're hearing. And, and it's better for the cameras and no, no, no not at all. I'm kidding. Not even, I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, I, but I, what, it, what it is better for is you I want, for that. I want their energy to influence us. Yeah. Not be in the back because they don't want to be a bother in our way. I want them yeah. to be in the front so we can see and join in with their worship as they join in with us. So it's, yeah. I want it to be that. And sure. I think this is, I mean, I felt a tangible difference in the energy post 11 o'clock mm -hmm. in that community mm -hmm. this weekend. I don't know if you did, but I felt to me like there was more energy and camaraderie after having that worship night on Friday. So praise the Lord. I, I see it as, they're going to help us as we help them, as we work together to become who God wants us to be. So hmm. it's a great, it's a great start. I'm so, so pleased that we did that. Yeah. God has always desired for unity. And, you know, a couple pods ago, we were talking about the tower of Babel when we all just became scattered. Hmm. And we talked at that time about the miracle of Pentecost was not just that people were, you know, speaking in tongues, as we say, and having, you know, flames of fire over their head. That's a pretty cool miracle. But the miracle was that the people who were separated by language were brought back together by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That to me is what is happening here at Grace Church. Mm. We're being brought together and made one family by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Now that said, it takes, it, haters. It takes <laughs> some effort. Um, 
to just, again, be yielded to God and, and to listen, I, I sacrificed quite a few things this weekend to yeah. do everything I needed to do everything I felt God was calling me to do. Hmm. I sacrificed a homecoming game. Um, I sacrificed my grandmother's 93rd birthday. Sorry, oh. grandma. But I talked to her on the phone and she just kept <laughs> telling me in her sweetest 93-year-old lady voice, you just keep God in front. You keep him in front. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, grandmother. Yes, I will. Um, but yeah, this is what God is doing here. And this is what gets me out of bed every morning is, hmm. wow, Lord, your spirit is here. Hmm. Well, I, I for one hope we can figure out how to Make it an ongoing thing. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Yeah. And I think the next wave potentially could be coming as we look at the possibility of trying to expand to also do Arabic translation yeah. during our oh, class yeah. service. Which we also sing in Arabic Did at you? the Multicultural oh, at the, Worship uh-huh. Leaders Conference. I'm we telling need, you. We don't need a commercial for them. Listen, yeah. y'all. One year ago, <laughs> God was preparing the yeah. worship leaders from this church at this conference. It, yeah. they're, sorry. God has been blowing my mind. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yep. Barry, you preached this weekend sure or did. last weekend and uh, you talked about promises. First weekend of a new sermon series called Freedom. What's it called? Don't, what are yeah, we calling it? It's Freedom. Freedom, yeah. <laughs> freedom is, I wanted it to be called something about promises. It ended up being called Freedom because it is about freedom right. <laughs> as well. <laughs> I wanted it something else, but nobody listens it's to fine. me. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Uh, all right. So you talked about Exodus. We're through the next however yeah. many weeks, six weeks, six well, weeks. Six we're going to be talking with about a campus weekend mm-hmm. in the middle. So it'll be okay. Yeah. Basically. So we're talking seven about weeks. Exodus. We're, we started off talking about, um, God for, does not forget his promises. And you talked about the Israelites and a foundational story yeah. to their, to their story and who they are. Yeah. Um, which is Exodus, right? It, or is it a particular part of no, Exodus? No, no, Exodus. The, the story, well, yeah, I could make a case that the whole book, which includes part of the law, is is the foundation. But yeah, Exodus 1 through 15, where they are brought out of Egypt, is like the story mm-hmm. that began the nation of Israel in a sense. So for anyone who may have missed it, yeah, what was your big idea or what do you want people to take away or think about this week? Yeah. Well, I was a little worried going into the sermon because I felt I felt like it was a little bit too complicated. Um, I was trying to cover a lot of ground. I was trying to set up the series, but also mm. introduce some ideas. So um, I guess it still it seemed to translate, seemed to work. But um, essentially, I, I kind of had two big things that I was trying to get across. The first was what you just said about Exodus being foundational. I wanted people to understand that this story was not just some neat narrative from Israel's past that this actually was the beginning. And I compared it to like in a very small way, like the way the American revolution was kind of foundational to us, the way that we think about that event sort of combines the way, the way that we think of who we are as a country and that sort of stuff. So yeah. we can talk more about that if you want, but so Exodus is foundational, but I also kind of tagged onto that, the idea that it's foundational to us because the, the, the story began a series of events and a series of truths in scripture, which led ultimately to Jesus and to the church. And so Exodus doesn't just exist as this thing that belongs to the Israelites. In some ways it is true for us. And the biggest picture of all is the fact that the God of the Exodus is our God as well. And Mm. so the things that are true of God in Exodus are true of the God that we follow his compassion, his concern for those who are neglected and his, and his, um, power combined with his tender mercy. Like those mm-hmm. things are all true of our God. So we can learn who our God is by looking at this story. Um, and then the last bit of the sermon, the last half, uh, second half of the sermon was more focused on the actual story itself, how it begins with God paying attention to the Israelites, listening to their groans and choosing to act because of who he is. And mm-hmm. the big idea for all of it is just simply that God keeps his promises. God had made a promise to Abraham in, in Genesis. And we talked about that in the called out series. He, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your descendants into a great nation, which will bless the entire world. And the Israelites were in slavery. It looked like that promise was never going to come true, but God keeps his promises. And so this was his uh, way of fulfilling a promise that he had made to their ancestor. Mm-hmm. So, and then I talked, bringing it home, I, I talked to about the fact that God keeps his promises and he keeps his promises to us. And so I briefly talked about all the different promises, many of the different promises that we have in scripture, which essentially come down, boil down to 
if if we sin, which we all sin, the promise is one of salvation. All we have to do is call out to Jesus and follow him and we get salvation. We are freed from our sins. And then for all the other things in our life that are oppressive, the 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 pharaohs of today, you mm. can say like depression and anxiety and injustice and broken relationships and all that, all the brokenness of our world. God's promise is one of presence and of strengthening. So mm. he promises to be with us in the midst of us, in the midst of those things. And he promises to give us the, the endurance that we need to make it through. And uh, God keeps his promises, period. Yeah. So that's essentially where, like I said, complicated. It was yeah. a lot of stuff, but hopefully it made sense. And you talked about how this isn't necessarily something you can point to in a history book to say, this is when this happened, or is that? Right. Well, okay. that was a side note I made because knowing how I am, wired. This was mostly for me more than it was for anyone else. I could spend all of my time just thinking and talking about the world behind the text Mm -hmm. and getting into some really geeky stuff. Uh, There's just a lot. I barely even scratch the surface. Even with my app notes, I barely scratch the surface. You mean the steel of Merneptha? The steel of (laughs) Merneptha. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mentioned, I know it's as nerdy as it could possibly get to mention that, but that was the first archaeological record of Israel that exists outside of the Bible itself. And it doesn't take place until 1208. That's when it was made. And that's like well after the Israelites were already in the promised land. So to try to piece together the historical facts about when this story took place and where exactly on the Nile Delta existed, all that stuff like that's, it could be an entire yeah. The entire focus of the sermon series. And I wanted to remind <laughs> us that that's not what we're actually right. looking at. We're looking at who God is in the midst of this story. Yeah. Do we know how long it was from Abraham to uh, this or no? Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at this, the narrative of Genesis, you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his sons. So presumably giving, you know, each generation a certain period of time, you could kind of work it out. Mm-hmm. But um but then it's, yeah, it, Genesis ends by saying that they were in Egypt for 400 years. And that's right. the only place that we see that. So, and so then, yeah. The that's, reason I'm asking yeah. is because it's like, there were generations of people who died probably being like, well, I guess God didn't fulfill his promise. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, lots. And uh, then he did. I think <laughs> I think they died hoping. I think sure. they died hopefully. And I, I mean, I wasn't there. I can't speak for everybody. But something I mentioned to Barry because we were, I was on here and he was preaching here. So we had some time, some downtime in the green room between services as listening to this and thinking about 400 years of waiting for the promise. I think um, back to this, this country's history of slavery. I told you, I just talked to my 93 year old grandmother who lived in the deep South and came up to Chicago through the great migration. And so what she has experienced in her lifetime, Mm. um, civil rights and, um, all of the things that are actually pretty recent in our history, how many less than 400 years ago, uh, for sure. (laughs) And how many people perished waiting Mm -hmm. for for the promise of freedom, just waiting for freedom or believing God will deliver us. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't we will in, overcome. Yeah. I didn't get into it, but the Exodus story is an extraordinarily yes. foundational story for those in uh, African-American mm, communities mm, as well much. as Latin American communities sure. that have been suffering from oppression. And in fact, there's a whole, a whole part of theology called liberation theology mm-hmm. that is based on the idea that God rescues those who are oppressed. And that's, that's mm-hmm. like, they would almost say that that's core to the identity of God. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's one who rescues the oppressed. And so uh, there, yeah, in, in, in black communities, especially in, you know, the mm-hmm. 1800s, there's all the, the, the old spirituals, many of them, to this day, about, we still sing them. Yeah, we still sing them. They're they're talking about this story because this to them reminds them it's of a who, rescue. who God yep. is. He's he will rescue us, and so we'll hold on to that. Truth. Not even he'll rescue us, but that four hundred years he'll be with us mm-hmm. in the wilderness. He'll be with us while we're still, you know, whatever quote unquote making bricks. <clears throat> you know, he'll be with us while we're still being persecuted. He'll yeah. be with us. He and is the hard, with us. The hard thing is that we are so individualistic as Americans. I think this is one of the reasons we have a hard time with this for someone who lives in more of a collective culture. You could look at that and say, well, yeah, God, like he fulfilled his promises to the Israelites, the people group. And that, so therefore God is one who keeps his promises, but we think of it and think, well, if I was living in Uh year year 57 of that 400 (laughs) years, then God didn't keep his promise to me. So that's just because it's so individualistic. We have to probably think, put on our collectivist minds for a little bit when we think about how the Israelites would have understood this story Mm -hmm. and how other communities think about this story. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And 
there's also the part of me that where I heard this and I was like, yeah, but if I was a slave and I was hopeful and then I lost hope and then all of a sudden God delivers or rescues us, I'm still just making bricks and mortar and that is terrible. And that, and so I, I'm thinking that way mm-hmm. as a self-centered eight of like, <laughs> I don't deserve this. I, you said you were going to promise me yeah. the land where we would be famous and all this stuff. And uh, guess what? I'm making bricks and mortar for, for Egyptians. That's not cool. And yeah, so you, you would not have done well. No, I, I'm definitely <laughs> born in the right time. Um, but um, you, when you actually, when you talked about comparing it to how we view our foundational stories, you said yeah. it, it wasn't the best metaphor, but it really snapped it into perspective for me mm-hmm. because I'm like, Oh, yeah, there's a lot of things like looking back on the American Revolution. I think we probably could have done differently, uh, but the outcome is still the same. And mm. so, like, there's probably a lot of things that either did or did not happen, or could have happened differently, or people died in year 57 of two of year four or 400 years, and they mm-hmm. feel like God didn't deliver His promises. But at the end of the story, He does. Yeah. So it's not a, that that snapped it into perspective that it's way bigger than that. It's not about me. It's not about me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, you could you could take this and blow this up big time to say that in some sense, all of us, it, the promise that's in Christ is not just that we go to heaven when we die, but that we will that we will be resurrected into a new heavens and a new earth. And so yeah. in some sense, we are living in a 400 years. The world is still broken. We're waiting for that ultimate salvation, which will bring us into that promised mm-hmm. land that allows us to live the flourishing eternal kind of life to get into last series, the eternal kind of life that God has promised us. Mm-hmm. So we too, even though, you know, we live in generally different conditions than the Egyptian slaves. We too are waiting, eagerly awaiting with the groaning creation for the sons of God to be revealed for the ultimate promise, the ultimate promise, the ultimate promise, which has begun since the very beginning of the creation of this world. One of the things that really stuck out to me in, again, for as many fun facts as you put in the app, you also put a ton of scripture. There's a ton of scripture in the app this week and in the sermon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot there, of scripture. Yeah, there needed to be. Um, but one of the parts of one of the scriptures, um, you were reading from the third chapter of Exodus. Um, this is just two verses, seven and eight. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile land and spacious land. It is the land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get all the way through that in the sermon. I didn't say that last bit. That's intense. Yeah. Why? Um, wait, wait, why? I don't know. What are you talking about? Because he's calling them to, he's, he's promising them that he's going to lead them to this land flowing with oh, milk and honey. Yeah. But everything it's going to take for yeah. them to actually inherit that land, they've got to get through five other people groups. Yeah. Like, and a wilderness between yes. them. And, yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still digesting just that part of the promises of God and how it isn't a microwave. Right. <laughs> and it's not what, you know, insert promise, press the button and then boom, yeah. you've made it. You're home yeah. free. There were people that came to the cross this weekend that are waiting and waiting on a promise that's years in incoming. Yeah. So that's part of my anticipated criticism. Uh, if someone were to criticize either not this message, but that, that line of thinking, yeah, you addressed it, but you said, um, did God forget his promise? No, he didn't forget his promise. Um, but if I'm, if, if I'm someone who has a skeptical mind and I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, yeah, but he saw his people suffering. Yeah. And that's when he knew he needed to step in. It wasn't, I want to prevent, you know, I want to get in front of this. I want to like, you know, so if I have a skeptical mind, I'm like, if it takes me suffering for God to step in to rescue me, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. So 
how do we address that as Christians? How do we address that? Because I think people do wonder that They're like, yeah, God waited until he saw it and he, heard, he, he waited until he heard the cry. So is it like, um, God wants us to cry out to him? Is that part of it? Or why did it take him so long? Uh, I have a couple of thoughts. Do you want to go hold, first? Okay. Uh, first of all, I would say the first answer is just purely, we don't know. We yeah. don't know. And, uh, we don't know why would God would, would do that. Like we know that he would, but we don't know why he would. Cause mm-hmm. he says to, he says earlier in Genesis that he's, this is going to happen. You're going to go to Egypt. It's going to be bad, but we don't know why. Yeah. The, the second thing though, that I would get into, which I, I don't presume to like know God's motivations and his thinking. What? But that's why we have this show. What, what do we do? <laughs> uh, but I would say that there's an aspect of God's sovereignty that his, his, uh, power over cause and effect, time and space, that that is something that we, we tend to, because we're so in need of a personal God that cares about me and knows me, we tend to not think about the fact that God is also orchestrating a grand plan to redeem this entire planet. So in my imagination, I'm I'm not saying this is me thinking what could possibly be his motivation. I think of a couple things, perhaps uh, it talks about the the Israelites multiplying, like they are fruitful and filling the earth, even though they're being oppressed. That the numbers continue to grow and right. grow and grow. So the more they're they're oppressed, the more they yeah multiply. Perhaps there is a there is a need for the Israelites to become a nation before mm. God can fulfill the promise to bring them to that that land. Also, uh, as I mentioned in the sermon, there are lots of references throughout this uh, throughout Scripture reminding Israelites of where they came from, who they were. They were foreigners in the land of Egypt. They were slaves. They Mm. were refugees. And they were meant to be ultimately a nation that had compassion on foreigners and refugees and slaves. And so Mm. perhaps uh, God wanted this to help shape the character of a nation that would be his instrument to heal the world. Mm. Now, I'm putting... Yeah. Ideas into, I don't know. Right. I don't know. We're just on a podcast talking about babies. Pretty good idea though. Well, it's a good idea, (laughs) but here's what it means. It means if we're really taking that to its logical conclusion, we're saying that therefore that year 57 person that God intentionally allowed them to experience pain and suffering they probably wouldn't have been in 57. Let's say 357. There you go. Someone in 357 uh, of those of those 400 years that that they were experiencing pain and suffering and hardship because God had a bigger plan in mind. And then you end up going down a road of saying, so therefore am I suffering in my life because God is trying to use me for something else? So we have to use right, the, We right. have to keep it in balance with the idea that God is a gracious God who doesn't desire our suffering. He doesn't cause suffering. He, he works in the, in spite of it to bring about his purposes. But so you have to keep these other, so that's why I I'm trying not to be dogmatic about yeah, this. And the reason I asked the question, honestly, is because I think the, the most important thing you said I, I, I think I have a skeptical mind. The most important thing you said to someone like me is he's not promising that you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. He's not promising yeah. that you're going to be pain free or whatever free that right. you need to, that you think you need to be. What he's promising is he's going to be with you through it. Right. And so he didn't promise the Israelites that it, it happened tomorrow. Right. But he, he didn't leave them. Right. And he, think about, and think about what happened after that. They, they left Egypt yeah. and then they had to go through the wilderness and wander for an entire generation. Yeah. And, and what do we see throughout the rest of the Torah is people griping and complaining and saying, man, we wish we were back in Egypt. Right. <laughs> so God was still trying to fulfill his promise. He had already rescued them. He had already taken that. People had literally seen with their own eyes, God taking them through the Red Sea and destroying the armies of Pharaoh. And they're like, I really wish we were back in Egypt so we could eat some of the, that stew that we really liked. Like literally that's what they were saying. That, that would be me. And so that would probably be me. So even in that, in the wilderness, you could look at that and say, why would God put us through this? Why would God take us through the desert? Yeah. But God was doing it because he was bringing them to the land flowing with milk and date syrup. So what <laughs> date syrup, Didn't, clover, honey, cl- <laughs> t- tipolo honey. <laughs> I, I found that as a, another fun fact that I didn't add to the app is that it probably wasn't like bee honey. It was probably like a date syrup or fig syrup that was more common. Anyway, uh-uh. fun, fun it, was, it, it was honey. It came from a hive. <laughs> okay. It came from a hive. Came from the, came from the skeleton of a lion. Yeah. See, yeah. they, they had hives back then. <laughs> they did have hives. I'm not arguing about that. I'm just saying I saw somewhere. I will fight you to the nail. It was honey. <laughs> um, how, how did this message impact you guys personally? Just what you just said that, that he, 
He does not promise us that we will never experience suffering. Suffering is a result of all of the broken places of living in a fallen world. We will all at one point, all of us, we were promised that we will experience suffering, Mm. but that he will walk with us through the wilderness. I think about that as I've already mentioned. I think about my heritage and my family Mm -hmm. and the suffering that they have endured through, I mean, just all of it. And, and, and how God was with them and is still with them. My, my wonderful 93 year old grandmother um, will just testify and testify and testify nonstop about God's faithfulness through the years, through every ounce of suffering. She lost, uh, her son was murdered. My father was murdered and, and she will still tell you about God's goodness, faithfulness, how he is with us in the darkest That's times. That's incredible. All of that. Um, And right now I I talk to her a lot because of what I'm experiencing with my mom's sickness Mm -hmm. and how it's hard for me at times to process the timeline of things, you know, her getting sick and God bringing me here and why, why? And it just is enough to make me crazy. But when I talk to my grandmother who, if she's as cynical as I am or as skeptical Mm -hmm. as I am, you think by this point she'd be like, yeah, about that. You know, he doesn't always come through, but if anything, she is just again and again and again, affirming and reminding me that he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. My grandmother reminds me on the regular of the promises of God. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what this meant to me personally. Um, some, uh, I don't think this, this, uh, benevolent individual is a listener, a, a, a friend of the pod and I won't mention them by name, but you know, my parents are going through a lot of difficulties with, you know, just financial stuff and pertaining to my dad. My dad's job is sort of being phased out by a machine that does what he always did as a mm. craftsman before. And many people, uh, have experienced that personally or have had that happen in their families. So you know what I'm talking about. It can be really hard. Um, and then add a big, you know, financial or medical burden on top of that, Mm. just really hard. And what makes it difficult for me is a year ago or a little over a year ago, I lived five minutes away from her. And so if I was still there, Mm. I'd be making her food all the time. I would be there like buying them things and helping in a more practical way, mowing the lawn for my dad. Just, I'd be, I'd be able to physically do the practical things that I wish I could do that for right now. I can't, I can't do. And I worry all the time. That's my six on the Enneagram. I constantly, constantly worry about whether my parents are being taken care of, whether they're really being honest with me about how hurting they are, Mm. you know, or how much need they find themselves in. And I was on the phone with my mom Saturday night after one forty six. um, she wanted to know how Spanish worship night went. So mm-hmm. I, I, this was, this was a phone call. This couldn't just be a text. And so while we're on the phone, somebody stops by her house and she's like, Oh, hold on. I got to get the door. And she thought it was going to be some sort of delivery, but it was nighttime. And I don't really know who delivers that late at night. It was a friend that I've known since I was very little that dropped off a check for 400 bucks. Mm. And then my mom told me after this friend left that, yeah, um, this friend who's not wealthy, said that the Lord spoke to him and said, you give $400 to Mark and Maria every two weeks for as long as I tell you to. Wow. You talk about God walking with you in the wilderness. (laughs) And I'm just sitting over here worrying, you know, look at what God's doing. Yeah. Look at what he's doing. And so, yeah, that's what this means to me. I was able to come Sunday morning and sing, I've seen you move. You move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again. And I was able to sing that from a place of, whoa, I, I just saw it <laughs> last night mm. <laughs> around nine o'clock mm. when that guy dropped off money to my parents. Like, yeah. look at God, look at God. So it's very personal wow. to me. Very, very personal to me in my current wilderness. Wow. This is one of the reasons why the people who are older, who've been walking with Jesus for such a long time, we they seem to have such radiant faith can they can have such radiant faith because they've paid attention and they've they've seen that faithfulness again and like your grandmother mm-hmm. they've seen it so much and they've testified to it so much that they are now just fully in the arms of Jesus and they're like yeah mm-hmm. he'll he's never failed it's mm-hmm. awesome yeah yeah i i was sitting in a 
in uh, the North Indy campus watching the message and experiencing the, the service. And I heard people at North Indy were like responding audibly to what I was oh, saying. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. It's, was a, a, it's a party down there, man. It is a party down there. <laughs> Someone brought their own tambourine. Yes, Lord! Yes! I, was, I looked over and there was a guy oh, as long as they can play it. Yes, in the guy. row ba, 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 playing ba, 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 a tambourine ba, ba, ba. to the music that he was not was. a part of. <laughs> I didn't know who that was. He didn't come to to Thursday rehearsal or anything. It was great. But I was sitting there and I was sitting in front of somebody who long time ago had cancer. Mm. He's been in remission and just recently found found out that it's back. Mm. And I'm picturing what that person is experiencing as they're experiencing this message and the same song that you're talking about and just the whole experience and how like... Oh man, how emotional that must be. Yeah. And I know that there's there's tons of that type mm-hmm. of person that are like I they like you, Marin, see the promises. They see uh the mountains moving and they grasp and cling for hope. And then there's people like uh me who are just like, Yeah, but what about the like I don't want to lift br- I don't want to make bricks and mortar. You know, there, there's mm. people like me yeah. who are like focused on the other things and missing the mount, moving mm. mount, mountains moving. Mm. Um, and so I, I thought it was a great, a great service because it snapped, it snapped everything in perspective to me that it's bigger, like what God is doing in not just this community, but what, what he's doing in the arc of the story of his creation is so much bigger than me not being able to stand up because my back hurts and yeah. how like hard that is and things like that when God's doing great things he's doing great things around us he's doing great things here at Grace Church he's doing great things in my own life like I got to I got to not pick up my son <laughs> because I was in pain but like the fact is my son is like one of the biggest mountain moves God's made in my life hmm. um just emotionally sensitive sensitively yep that's the word <laughs> uh and 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 faithfully, like my mm. son is a picture of my faith coming and blossoming. And, uh, I'm focused on the, on the pain part mm. where there are tons of people in the community of grace church that are focused on the m- moving mountain part. And it, it was just a really cool experience to have with one another this past weekend. Looking um, up, looking up a scripture. Cause something you just said about, I'm focused on making the bricks. Um, oh yeah. When God is doing amazing things. I think like my grandmother always tells me to keep God in front. She's, she's always telling me to, to continually praise him despite whatever trial or whatever difficulty I'll find myself in. Um, James chapter one, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work. Don't cut it short. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's working for our good. Hmm. It, if we try to logically make sense of it all, we will probably fail. Yeah. But, but yet we can take heart and we can find joy and we can count it all joy, various trials, various tribulations and and just praise him in the midst of it and be patient and let, let it create perseverance in us so that we can be complete and lacking nothing. Yeah. Hmm. And I think I, I wish, and maybe, maybe this will happen here at Grace, but I wish that we as a community had more of a consistently eschatological focus. And let me explain what I mean. I, I just think, spoke Spanish for like I'm two sorry. seconds. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> Speaking in tongues. Uh, <laughs> Eschatology is the theology of the last things. So that could be that, you know, end times. It's what the new creation, heaven, all that stuff could be. Considered. It's neat. It's neat. It is neat. Uh, eschatology. So I think that one of the things that has happened in the sort of modern American church is that we've become very present focused. We, we um, maybe have the present informed a little bit by the past, but the future doesn't come into our thinking all that often, 
but when you look at the apostles and you look at the new Testament, they were very future focused. They were like, come Lord Jesus. Like we are ready. We're, they were constantly looking and striving ahead towards what God had promised and what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think we've missed that a little bit, partially because it's like 2018 and Jesus hasn't come back the way that the apostles thought. And I think some of us have kind of been like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen the way I thought. Maybe I'll just think about today. I mean, I don't know. There's yeah, motivations maybe. for that. Um, and also, like, because people have gotten so wild about end times revelation, interpretation, prophecy stuff, they've gotten so caught up in like, oh, don't use, uh, you know, uh, microchips because those are going to be the sign right. of the beast. And it's like it, they get so caught up in all of that stuff that that I think we've lost some of the spirit of what the apostles had, which was this 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 like hopeful anticipation of the restoration of this mm. cosmos mm. that God was going to bring about the new heavens, and the new earth. And so I think in our lives, we would experience a lot more hope if we actually on a day-to-day basis, were thinking about the anticipation of what's to come and not just the making what's present more bearable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. He doesn't promise that we won't suffer but he absolutely promises an end to all suffering. Yeah. And, and so, and, and what we're trying to kind of begin to articulate here at grace is the idea that in some way, the work that we are doing now, which I don't understand how this works, but somehow the work that we are doing right now for the sake of the kingdom is in some way going to be reflected in the new heavens and the new earth. So what we are, the way we are living now, we can begin to taste what's to come and we can even shape what's to come in some way because God has allowed us to participate in his mission of healing and redemption. Yeah. So I don't, uh, what I'm trying to say is I don't think we should be all caught up in like details of like, when's it going to happen? And when's the, what's this all going to look like? But let's, let's look through scripture at what God's promises are Mm. about what's the future of, of reality look like. And let's start to enjoy the fact that we have already passed through the threshold by following Jesus. We are, we are guaranteed heirs. We are, we are, we, the promised land will be ours. Mm -hmm. The, the metaphorical promised land of the new heavens, and the new earth, it will be ours. We will experience that. So what if we lived now in the anticipation of what's to come hmm. rather than just kind of hoping that God makes now more bearable? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. And I, I just, this is, this is new for me. Yeah. Cause I've never thought as good. There's a, this theologian that I was writing about for my last paper. Uh, he, his whole thing is the fact that most, if you have systematic theology, which is like a way of trying to, get all your theological ducks in a row and you look at it like, oh, there's big books, the big systematic theology books or even tomes, like, like whole sets of books. Usually they have like Maren's face right now. She's excited about this. I know (laughs) this is my face. You, (laughs) you are describing something pretty complex, but like maybe it's just where my mind is right now. I'm thinking of one of my absolute favorite, most beautiful spirituals. I shall wear a crown. When it's all over, I will see his face when it's all over. I'm going to put on my robe and tell the story of how I made it over. Mm. That's the hope that got my people through years of slavery. The hope of what was promised to them. The hope of what was to come. Yeah. Got them through their suffering. Right. And so, so all these systematic theology books have eschatology, the end times as this last little chapter that they just barely touch on because it's like, eh, yeah, it'll happen. Whereas what if that was actually the first chapter? What if that was the entry into mm-hmm. what God is doing in the world? What if that was what he's always been doing in this world is bringing us to that, that promised yeah. future where we all get to live face to face with Jesus, face to face with God in full open vulnerability with every other person with no more being naked and unashamed in a sense in, in more ways than one, like literally opening ourselves to one another and being in community the way we were meant to be living in harmony with nature, with no more injustice, no more tears, no more pain like that. That is what's coming and that's where we're going. So what if we live differently now? Because we knew that. I think that's what I mean when I sing here as in heaven. Yeah. When I sing it in English, just this last Friday, I sang it in Spanish I think about what you're talking about, what, what it will be in heaven and what does that look like here? And yeah. why does Christ himself tell us to pray for that? Yeah. That his kingdom would come and that his will would be done right here as it is in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's no longer a divide between where God dwells and where we, where we dwell. I mean, in the, in revelation, it says that there's no, 
no more temple in this new Jerusalem. And that is an indication of the fact that there's no more need for a temple because God is present now in, yeah. in full in every place. Anyway. Amen. All right. We Amen. got into. But in order to do any of that, you have to, re- you have to look back and be able to remember. And so did, this is what this, this is what this is. The right. story How of did Exodus. this all begin? This, you have to remember the actual promises. Yeah. The promises and, and the nature done. and the character of this God, which who has not changed, who is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yeah. He's been working this grand mission of redemption since the very beginning. So what we're doing now is tapping into like, act, oh, I'll say act one. This is act one of the story. <laughs> Genesis is the prelude. Act one is Exodus, mm. in my opinion, where where God has, is, is kicking into high gear his mission to redeem the world. Which part is intermission? Like, when can we all go get snacks? Samson. That's the, <laughs> that's, uh, that would be, that would be the, uh, don't answer it. You're going to get yourself in trouble no, one no. way or another. <laughs> it's, it's the post-exilic period. Like, okay. the, like if this was a musical, the Israelites would be going into exile right before the intermission where okay, you're like, house oh man, come up, everyone gets snacks. And they're all like, holy cow, what's going to happen? Is this over? Did, <laughs> did they fail? Did the mission, is the, is God's mission completely, completely over? And then you come back from intermission and they're like still in exile for a while. And then yeah. they, and then things don't get better. <laughs> And yeah. then eventually Jesus. And then it's like, yes. come back next year for the next play where yep. we take the next whole. It's all one continued. big play. This is uh, quite an analogy. <laughs> um, so as we're talking about this, I yeah. had, I had convictions hitting me right in the face. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about um, issues that I have with anxiety and strongholds and things like that. Um, last week, I, I'm the guy that puts his, baby to bed like that's kind of my role that i've adopted mm-hmm. that's um, sweet yeah do you guys have I, a little ritual that you do yeah yeah we i if it's bath night give him the bath go in and sing some songs now he won't let me stop singing like yes. he's he's <laughs> yes. at the age where if i stop singing he'll open his eyes and just go huh <laughs> <laughs> and so i have to keep singing until he's like sound asleep oh my gosh. but um last week and i usually pray for him out loud and stuff and last week i was doing that with thinking about this anxiety stuff that I talked about in mind and I'm, and I'm praying that I could be a good father and a good husband, but I'm afraid that what God will have to do is break something in me. And which is a really scary thing mm-hmm. to yeah. pray for, break something in me, humble me somehow, like bring me to the brink of follow, like, I just, what I want is to follow you and I want to yeah. be a better human being. You, but want, especially, you want to be dependent yeah. on him and smash cut my back goes out mm. and my all Lord. week I'm telling Lauren, I'm so sorry. I feel completely worthless. I'm focused on the bricks. I'm mm. focused on the mortar of me, yeah. like being humiliated and I'm not focused on what is God doing here? Mm. I prayed for something like this to happen. How could I, what mountain is he trying to move? And w- when you shared your story, Marin, I'm like, Oh, maybe he's trying to do something in my life with this issue. Like mm-hmm. it's not just about me and in the back it's mm-hmm. maybe there's something else going on here and so i just thought i needed to talk about that i think you're absolutely right i, I i'm not saying it. that like god touched your back and made your back go no out. i'm not saying that but either if you can rejoice in the lord through this current back issue and yeah. if you could see the perseverance it builds in you and this yeah. and every other trial that will ever come your way if you can see the way that it builds your faith and builds your strength your your perseverance as yeah. it said in james that you may be complete and lacking nothing yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. And someday, Yay! someday, if uh, I'm the person I want to be, I can look back at this moment and be like, it took me falling on my knees and scaring my little son mm. <laughs> to get here. But God, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know if that's the right way to look at it, but that's kind of what I've been thinking about as both of you have been talking about mm. um, the implications of what you had mm-hmm. to say this last weekend. Mm. I'm glad that you you brought us into the promises. You're like, so what are these promises? Yeah. And you weren't, you didn't just say the promises of God will stand. Right. You guys have a great week. Yeah. You yeah. know, you brought mm-hmm. us into the promises. I'm glad you said that because I shared this once at a meeting where we were talking about designing an element to kind of help, uh, maybe illustrate this point. Someone in my family once said, well, you know, scriptures say whatever don't kill you only makes you stronger. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, not, not quite. That's not an actual scripture, you know? And so to think about what are the actual promises right. of God? Right. What, yeah. what does he actually promise to us right. beyond just what we've made up, what we think he's going to do? Right. And can I make, here's a caveat. I, 
said those are promises for you, and they are. However, <laughs> I'm a I'm a I want to be a Bible scholar. Yes, sir. Those were not promises to us. Those were promises to individual people. The one, the only one that really was to everybody. Well, okay, Isaiah. I'm not gonna. Here we go. Too many caveats. I love squirrel noises. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All I was gonna say is yes. Each one of those were made to like, especially Joshua. That yeah. was to a very specific person at a very specific time. However, those promises combined with the character that we see of God and the mm-hmm. way He interacts with other people make them promises that are true for us. If He's so, the same yesterday and today and forever. Yeah. Yes, those promises stand. Yeah. So I just want to make that clear. I didn't want to get into that in the sermon, but it's. Yeah, I'm good. Glad you, I'm glad you I'm, said that because I was worried. That because Jeremiah 29 11 gets a lot of flack these oh, days. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? <laughs> what, guys? Bible humor. Uh, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. What are you talking about? Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. No. No. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for another pod. Uh, where are we going next? What's happening? So now we are going to get into the actual story a little bit. I know I barely touched on it, but next week we talk about uh, Amy is going to be talking about the calling of Moses. Oh, Amy's coming, huh? Amy's coming. So she'll be back on the pod. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> even if- <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so that'll be good. And then after that, it's campus weekend and then we'll keep the series going after that. So. Yeah, it'll cool. be interesting to see now that we're going to get into some of the actual story to see how the sort of the the foundation that we laid this weekend gets gets played out. Because we're going to talk about this calling of Moses, but it's going to be in the context of a God who keeps his promises. Mm. How does God keep his promises through the person of Moses? So that kind of stuff. It'll be it'll be interesting. At least that's, right. that's where I think Amy's going. So we'll right. see. I'll be here. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be around. Too. Got these electrode, electro nodes. <laughs> <laughs> electro nodes. Did you make it oh. past 11? No, I had, to take to it, just, I had to take it down a couple notches during the show. You're getting a little too uh, Yeah, I'm a little too... Uh, I told him, like, it's one little notch at a time as much as, like, you can bear. But I went straight to he's 10. He's a man of extremes. <laughs> just straight to 10. I would uh, probably keep pushing it just to see what it felt like. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Guys, thank you so much for, uh, for listening, friends of the pod. I know that uh, we've had guests on in the past, I don't know, all summer and now we don't. And so we're, uh, yeah, I'm just really thankful that it's just us and you stuck around this long, but uh, I'm really excited for this, the sermon series coming up. Um, as we get deeper and deeper into fall, we're going to be bringing in Mary Poppins crew and we're going to be talking Mary Poppins and Marin's going to sing some songs. Is that what I'm going to do? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we got it. We got to talk about the show. They hear me sing enough. Oh, I mean, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, and uh, we will see you next week. But before we do- see you, Marin, I'll do it. Will you please but I also want to say thank you to all the friends of the pod that come up and introduce themselves to us. Yeah, I, we love I agree. meeting you. I met two of you this weekend. So um, keep saying hello. And yeah, by the way, you guys tell me. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I love it. I love it as well. Um, you guys get, I, you guys get, it seems like you guys get some of the like, yeah, you guys talked about this, but what about this comments from friends of the pod? Because they genuinely care and they're I, I intelligent I folks. I want, I want it. Y'all are, I want that. y'all some intelligent if you guys, folks. If friends of the pod out there have questions or show um, content that you would like us to talk about or questions about things we're talking about, I want to hear them too. So Tell me. Don't leave me out. I think, I think it's because both Marin and I are up front a lot yeah, more. Yeah, you're seen more We're often. So I bet people probably don't even know what you look like. Probably. But they should. They should know what you look like. Yeah. So, I don't so know about that. yeah, um, lead worship at all three campuses nah, we'll, in the month we'll work, of November. We'll work on that. We'll work that out. Marin, please, before, <laughs> before this gets even more off the rails, please send us out. Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. I just went off. Uh, guys, did you know uh, that uh, that's a, a common misconception 